0: and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Sands, and this is episode 61 featuring J- Jason Williams, director of sales of Oliver's Brewing Company. Uncapped Podcast is brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at RoastHousePub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. And... First, I think we should just say congratulations. You you. guys have quite an anniversary coming up.
1: Uh, Great anniversary, celebrating 25 years of uh, beer made in Baltimore.
0: So, in I think it was uh, maybe last week, um, Diamondback, the guys from Diamondback, pointed out that you're the oldest brewery in Maryland or long.
1: Longest continual running brewery in Baltimore.
0: Oh, okay. Baltimore. Who who in Maryland's older? Was that?
1: You know, we we kind of joke about it all the time that we can't think of anybody that's older than us. Okay. Uh, Heavy seas and Brewers Art are definitely over twenty years now, um, but if we went back to Sisson's, then we might talk about somebody that's older. But
0: okay, because they they've had a couple changes over the years with name changes and moves and correct. Okay. So twenty five that, that I mean
1: twenty five years ago was it's not even remotely the same as right now. Not even close. Uh, you figure in nineteen ninety three, everybody enjoyed a good bass ale. So you know English style beers were very popular, and uh, we opened in nineteen ninety three uh, downtown Baltimore, uh, what then was called the Wharf Rat, um, and English style open fermentation uh, ales brewed in the basement of a 200-year-old building downtown Baltimore.
0: And what, what was that you were using? I, I was reading on the website, it was like a very small system at that point.
1: Yeah, it was a seven-barrel um, English-style brew system, all open fermentation, open lids, uh, particular yeast strain to, to uh, our beers that we made. And uh, this brew system was also in the basement of a very old building, so ceilings were only like six feet tall, so...
0: That's why I, 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 one place I was reading, it pointed out that finally
1: your brewmaster gets to stand up nice and straight. I, I, I joke <laughs> and, with Steve all the time. He's sixteen years with us. Uh, I, I tell him he looks taller every day. <laughs>
0: so, so it, you said it's an English style. Um, it it was an English style brew house. Does that mean because of the open fermentation is that what makes it English style or yeah. is because I've I've never heard that term before. You
1: know English style. Uh, we use the Ringwood yeast strain, um, open fermentation instead of closed conicals. Okay. American yeast strains. Um, we still toy with that in our brewery. We have a uh, one forty barrel open fermenter and two, four, two uh, 20 barrel open fermenters where we uh, brew some of our classic beers, uh, Three Lions um bishop's breakfast our um irish red is still open fermentation
0: so it, and it was uh, 2015 there was a large expansion
1: yes so we you know we own uh 206 west pratt street it is pratt street ale house but as our restaurant as the restaurant group uh grew uh we needed more beer and uh the owners uh put in a big expansion to a twelve thousand square foot building um we have a all American made craftworks uh, twenty barrel brew house um, now where we you know brew every day. So that um, when when you when that large
0: expansion took place, is that when the the types and amounts of products greatly expanded? Because I think for for the longest time it was really just your core products that were you you were making.
1: Yeah, we uh, you know we. We, uh, with the new brewery, uh, new technology, uh, new, new, we needed to reinvent ourselves. You know, we, we still, uh, a lot of people still call us Oliver Ales. Uh, we are Oliver Brewing Company now, um, where we're an American and people are drinking American beers. So, you know, um, I'm a big believer in that and wanted to, you know, steer the direction of the brewery to what everybody's drinking. So... Um, you know, our flagships uh, have American styles with uh, some are still uh, English style but have American twist on them.
0: Yeah, that's what I I, I think uh, most of the time that I've ever had previous to recently when it, the distribution, I'm, I'm guessing increased or maybe or, or just became more front of mind to me, Oliver. All of my experience with them before that, it just had been at um, the annual beer festival in Frederick, okay. and it was a lot. Like I'm not, I'm not much of a real ale fan or like English style beer stuff. So I would try all of her stuff, but it really wasn't my my taste. It was good, but it just it wasn't the types of beers I really liked. But it was like like starting maybe last year or the year before, I noticed like, wow, it seems like a completely different company now. And was that, like, a, a conscious decision at that point when you moved into the new
1: facility to... For sure. You know, um, it's a it's a competitive market out there, and you got to, you know, put your best foot forward every day. And, you know, I believe in core value, so I think we laid out a good core lineup between our 206 IPA, um, Ride and Easy something light and easy for everybody, and then uh, a great beer like Balls to the Wall, our pail, is... Uh, you know, will basically meet any hoppy, everyday drinking beer.
0: Yeah, I think that I, I guess overall too, I just see like Oliver has been a great example of a brewery that's been around for an extremely long time and has doesn't done an amazing job to adapt. Yeah, to, you, to the current trends. I mean, then still keeping its roots in place, but really doing a good job at adapting to what the market is looking for
1: now for sure and you got um you gotta figure we were draft only for 22 years so and in a busy brew pub across the street from camden yards you figure a lot of that beer was just being consumed in that one building um you know with the expansion uh this past year we added a canning line and we're able to really you know put it put our front foot forward and show everybody you know what we do on a daily basis
0: and uh just recently you had the whipped beers yeah so how i how do you have a nitrogenated beer without having one of those widgets in it
1: uh we call it we call it baltimore magic but uh you know (laughs) literally it's um you know we we went great lengths we with the anton parr machine we test the pressures the co2 levels in the can um you take like a flat beer that's non-carb we put it in the can we dose it with uh liquid nitrogen uh cap it and hope they don't blow up
0: <laughs> okay. and is that part of it where it says on the can to shake it is that to re-agitate the you're the agita-
1: nitri- yeah you're agitating the the nitrogen okay so
0: so i just thought it was cool because my first thought was like that seems weird that they would like have
1: widgets and stuff in their beer and then then i was really confused when there wasn't one in it so you gotta figure the the strain on uh, small breweries to pull off this technology is ball you, you know that those cans that have balls or widgets in them you gotta you have to buy them by the hundreds hundreds yeah. of thousands and you know we're a small brewery producing 20 barrels at a time and uh to pull it off we took methods that we had seen before and you know i I say we were the first one to put liquid, liquid nitrogen, hard pour in the can. It was, uh, it was a great, great day. Uh, we did it. It was like June of 2015. We pulled it off with and easy and, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty cool.
0: So are those very shelf stable or is it, does it have a pretty short shelf life to, uh,
1: so they're very stable as long as they're stored cold. Okay. Um, you know, when they're warm, you our beers aren't pasteurized, so you run a chance of secondary fermentation, which then could create problems. but stored cold, the beer, uh, the original run of Ride and Easy and Coventry cream we did in nitro cans, and 15 are still sitting at the brewery fine today, and they pour just they pour great
0: okay yeah i I was surprised having only ever had nitrogen beers that had widgets in them, mm-hmm. like just how creamy it was i mean i did i followed the instructions and i i shook it
1: (laughs) It, it's it's everything that you don't normally want to do to a beer at all you know flip it upside down in a glass you you're gonna make a mess yeah and uh no it's neat the beers cascade beautifully um it really offers um a, a pure beer taste instead of the co2 and big bubbles you get uh nitrogen a nice silky mouthfeel and it's uh We love them. And um, before, I'm going to ask you
0: about, you have a party coming up. We do. But I feel like that's a great time for us to, because there's a good tie-in to our Roast House Pub uh, ad this week. Uh, Thank Roast House Pub one more time for their support. And the first thing I have to talk about is January 18th. You guys are doing a tap takeover for your 25th uh, birthday bash.
1: Yeah, the Roast House Pub and uh, myself, Nico, we've always been good friends. I've always supported him. He's supported me. And, um, you know, 25th anniversary, we really went for it. We were basically brewed six different styles of beer, uh, a couple collaborations, a couple hoppy, a couple malty, uh, a couple sours are in there. And, um, you know, to showcase in Frederick, I really wanted to, uh, you know, hit up my friend Nico and, you know, come out and uh, enjoy the beers with yeah, them.
0: So everyone, that's a great place to go check them out. Then also on January 25th, there's Mom's Spaghetti Dinner with Monoxy Brewing and our badgering of the of the great guys from Diamondback worked. They went there afterwards and confirmed with Nico that they will be uh, the competitors against Monoxy for the 25th. And then what I'm ex- really excited about, the Kushwa Beer Dinner on January 30th, which I'll have a contest soon to uh, win tickets to that. And I believe the tickets should be available for purchase now. So once again, thank you, Roast House Pub. So let's actually talk about the um, the artwork's beautiful. Thank you. And that's another thing. I, the, the cans that you guys are putting out have amazing artwork and they're they're just beautiful now are are you using one artist or are you commissioning different people for different beers
1: you know so steve jones has been a life lifelong rock and roll guy he listens to metal in the brewery every day and uh we started the whole rock and roll series based off rock and roll album covers and we're getting that artwork from them um the artwork here was uh you know basically just six different um things that we've that steve found and uh you know were able to kind of give the cans a a, a different look so um it's kind of neat though the from the sticky alt uh was brewed with barrett who was the first brewer uh in the basement at um what then was the wharf rat um all the way to a collaboration now with uh, manor hill and three stars and a uh, sour rye porter
0: i don't think i've ever had a sour porter or let alone a sour rye porter yeah
1: we, uh, we took one of our 20 barrel open fermenters and uh, we stuck it next to our brew house and we were able to start kettle souring uh, in, in that vessel and um Steve and the guys at Manor and Three Stars—they've been friends for a long time—and uh, we invited them all in to be a part of uh, this twenty-fifth anniversary release.
0: Right. You want to hold that up to yeah. the camera so people can see him? mean just give a rundown of what what each one is.
1: So start out with uh, the Auslander. It's um, it's a sticky alt. Uh, it was brewed with our with the Wharf Rat's uh, former brewer Barrett, uh, who is now at the District Chop Houses in DC. Um, We got a White Witch, Um, this is our white IPA that we dry hopped with uh, Centennial and Citra. Um, The Eye of the Beholder is um, basically a red IPA, red IPA and um, we dry hopped this one uh, with Citra and Centennial as well. Um, The Gates of Dawn was a a neat neat beer. We uh, we brewed this in collaboration with Brewers Art um, and it's a Scottish style uh, heavy. And then uh, Roots of the Mountain, uh, we have a really talented uh, assistant brewer who's uh, we're starting to let him uh, do a couple brews himself, and uh, he brewed a kind of an ancient style Sati Ale, uh, and then he uh, kind of we used a, the a Belgian yeast uh, yeast strain and then some juniper berries with that one, uh, and then the last collaboration is the Three Star um, Manor Hill. It's uh, so rye porter, sour rye porter, brewed with uh, pureed plums.
0: So will these be available only at the brewery, or are they gonna? The, will the cans go
1: into distribution? Cans are uh, going into distribution. It'll be available in all of Maryland, uh, DC. Uh, we got some great events popping up. Uh, 25th anniversary uh, at parties at the brewery on Saturday. Uh, live music. All the cans will be available on draft, plus a couple couple fun uh 25th anniversary uh you know shirts and things oh
0: cool it seems like um he- scottish heavies are it's a style that is really making a comeback it just seemed to be seeing them constantly now
1: you know uh these days with breweries uh you know hoppy 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 and uh we really wanted to make sure our, our pack had some diversity to it so you know uh, to brew the the malt forward Scottish style right now in January, I think it's a it's a good fit. Uh, we just went with us with with a wee heavy at seven percent. We didn't didn't overdo it at you know eight eight and a half. So, but uh, really excited. Uh, we we snapped all these together yesterday. I'm I'm glad we pulled it off in time. So yeah, just snaking
0: in there with only a few days to spare.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's how. That's how the industry works you yeah know, you you pick pick six holes and fill it and uh to get them canned and put together all uh they all every six pack you grab will uh have the same you know uh, sequence to it so now the the new brewery has a tap tap room in it also right yeah um you know we're kid friendly dog friendly we have uh nine taps three nitro lines um cans to go plus some uh, merchandise uh it's a, it's a great facility, kind of just a mile off 95 north through the tunnel. And do you do a lot
0: of collaborations? Because at least recently I've definitely noticed a few.
1: There, you, you listed some there. Then you did a Stillwater one. Um, so Stillwater's a neat uh, relationship we have. Um, he Stillwater's first beer ever brewed was actually in the basement of Pratt Street Ale House. Oh, cool. Uh, I think it was called Channel Crossing um so that relationship's always been there with steve jones uh you know it it, it's a good fit you know brian's out there brewing a bunch of amazing crazy beers that uh you know we don't get to do every day because we're we're laying down our core beers but uh you know it's fun to collaborate because the the brewers get to do what they want so you know um Good collaboration. The Inertia Creeps uh, was the first time we ever fired up a Kettle Sour. It turned out great. And, uh, you know, we were, were uh, you know working to, you know, keep the hoppy stuff going with throwing in uh, a monthly sour. So it should be good. What's the most popular beer that you guys? Uh, by far our number one seller is a 206 IPA, um, 7% IPA. We brew it with Cascade Chinook hops, and then we uh, dry hop it now with Mosaic. So, okay um great great ipa it's a uh, kind of a sleeper ipa in maryland to me i i'm a picky hoppy guy and uh, they slide down real nice
0: yeah i think i've i think that's one of the ones i've had recently too because that, that's not I, it's not an english style it's a yeah that i
1: mean the hot bill it's, yeah. it's a yeah i mean originally it was called draft punk which was an english style ipa and, okay uh uh, we weren't allowed to call it Draft Punk anymore because <laughs> of uh, BrewDog in Scotland. But, um, you know, 206 was our natural fit because we're the 206 restaurant group. Um, 206 West Pratt Streets where we originated. And, um, you know, the beer has done nothing but gain traction. So what's your favorite beer that Oliver's makes? Uh, these days, honestly, right now I probably drink more balls to the wall than anything. Um, you know, it m- meets my hoppy um my hobby need that i you know one in a beer but it's at five percent alcohol so uh you know daddy with two daughters yeah. I, I can't get drunk all the time and uh i yeah, i know that feeling
0: yes yeah, so. there's nothing worse than chasing around a young child uh while, while you're not uh complete or at least partially sober <laughs> for,
1: for sure um but you know, uh, creator destroyer is a was the first thing we ever put into can. I you know I thought it was a, a really neat beer. It's an, it pays homage to some old school Oliver brewing and an English style brown. A little new school with the uh, cold brew coffee that we put in it, um, and it went from a limited one time release in 2016 to core beer. And uh, you know it, it, it's delicious. Do you do is there a,
0: is that a special cope? cold brew for it like did you work in partnership with the brewery or i mean with a coffee maker or is it just a off the shelf
1: yeah ceremony roasters coffee out of annapolis um we we cold brew all their nitro cold brew all their coffee for them uh we do it in uh, 20 barrel uh, cool. 20 barrel batches keg and nitro their kegs for them um it's uh creator destroyer it's destroyer espresso cold brew so I need to go try
0: some of that now cuz next to I often say I don't know what I would have like if I had to give up either coffee or beer. I'm not 100% sure which I would choose. Like I think I would possibly stick with like be able to give up beer over c- coffee. That's a tight so I I want to go try that and I love cold brew uh, especially espresso nitrogenated um, do they, so they and you said they can't. You can so, it for them, right? Or uh, you just
1: keg it? We just keg it okay. now. Um, they, we've been talking with them about canning it now that we have a canning line to do it, but uh, we haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. But we did just nitro can the creator destroyers. So, okay, uh, it's even more.
0: I had bought some nitrogenated cold brew coffee from a company, and thankfully I. I didn't drink it right away because like a few weeks afterwards, I got an email about destroying it because there was a, like a botulism risk or something with it. So I was quite glad that I waited <laughs> and did not drink it quickly.
1: It was not a Maryland company because no one in Maryland would do that. Uh, it's definitely a hyper day at the brewery when we uh, cold brew coffee. So is someone in, as a sales director, I imagine you,
0: you spend a lot of time out on the road and see all the
1: trends and everything that's going on in the industry. Uh, the industry's, is, the past three years, has just totally changed. I mean, you know, uh, from the big beer business in, let's just say, 2010 to now, it's, uh, it's gone local and uh, small and fresh. And, um, you know, yeah, you got you to gotta stay innovative out there.
0: So what it what is um a trend that you don't like that you wish would maybe not go away but you'd like to see less of
1: um I don't I'm pretty happy with all the trends out there right now i I would say one thing that um you know uh, beer that has chunks in it and people think that that's normal is uh a little a little bothering for someone like myself uh clarity in a beer is always. Uh, been the way the industry has been um it's one thing to have a hazy beer but then to have a hazy beer that has uh chunks in it and then think that that's normal is uh it's not a good process
0: yeah i've seen there's
1: been a lot of backlash about that lately For in sure.
0: in uh beer drinker groups like uh, mainly actually it seems mostly from people in the industry kind of like people need to stop accepting
1: this it's, yeah, it's you, you don't this doesn't have to happen for it to be a good beer correct i mean uh you know you you had our whipped uh double ipa and i mean you know it had a had a good haze to it but you know it had fruit in it and uh the beer still poured beautifully
0: so the um what is a trend that you'd like to see take off more and see more of
1: uh I would say my nitro cans. <laughs> it's, uh, a, it's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, one of my pitches originally sales taking over sales director was I wanted to be Maryland's nitro brand. And uh, it's been a process to get that going. Uh, I really love the product. Coventry Cream and Bishop's Breakfast are uh, beers that we make every day for the stores and uh, for restaurants. And, you know, you can never, you were never able to take that beer home because of the nitrogen yeah. or well we created the can where you can then take it home and um, you know they're slowly picking up but uh, I would like to really see those you know gain traction.
0: Was that a lot of trial and error like figure like figuring out different uh, how much to liquid nitrogen to put in and like did you blow up a bunch of cans at first or was uh, we, if they, it goes wrong, what happens?
1: Um, if it goes wrong, the can will over pressurize, uh, a 12 ounce, a 16 ounce can of beer will only hold 90 PSI. Um, once you nitrogen beer, uh, cap it, if there's too much pressure in there, they will pop, um, which we have seen happen. But, uh, the guys in the brewery, they, they're, you know, super intelligent and, uh, really kind of dialed it in a little easier than I'd like to admit to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she just made it up and yeah. said it
0: was a long, arduous um, process of R and D <laughs> and. Well,
1: you know the investment in the Anton Parr machine. You know that's like buying yourself a brand new Honda Accord okay. to really just test pressures in a can. Um, so you know that 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 equipment there alone really helped. Um, you know the nitro can, so we could put a you know stable product out. Do you know market. how it works? The en- it, yeah the how en- does
0: it measure uh
1: it pokes a hole down oh, okay. in, into
0: the can um and then just ma- seals there and then measures the pressure from Correct. okay I, I always thought maybe there's some magic way of like it does it from the outside. Or <laughs> um, the baltimore magic the baltimore magic <laughs> you know sprinkle it
1: in but no it's uh it's been a good process uh you know the we're busier every every day, you know, and uh the 25th anniversary this month, we got uh I don't know, 10-15 events coming up in the next 5 weeks uh just highlighting what, you know, what we're putting out right now uh, at the Roast House on Thursday.
0: So. Um the Frank about beer wants to know if there are any cans of Creator Destroyer available cuz he's been looking for it or as um the guys from the guy from Shelfie's calls him Christian about beer. Um
1: you know, I always tell people if you can't find our product, our product is available every day. You go to your local liquor store, uh, ask them for our product, and it could be be to them by Friday. So, All right, so
0: that's still available and out in the market. Creator that De- one,
1: creator destroyer, yeah. I, I make every day. Okay. The, so the, the the nitro version, we did a small seventy five case run of it, but it is available. What's the next kettle sour? Uh, trendsetter. Uh, collaboration with Stillwater. Uh, it was just brewed this past Friday, doing a 40-barrel batch. Uh, Maryland will see a little bit of it, but most of that beer will go up to 12% and uh, out to probably around, around 20 states. Oh, wow. And I guess I left off, he actually wanted to know the fruit,
0: the Kettle Sour fruit. So are you doing any fruited Kettle Sours?
1: Uh, we, we've done two so far. Uh, we've done a Raspberry and... Um, uh, a I love brewery. kettle-soured raspberry beers. Yeah, that's it so good. Turned out great. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next, the next preview. I don't even know whether I should say it, but the, you should. Yeah, the, always should. All right. The, There's the, no one listening. The next whipped. Uh, after we're we're gonna redo the double IPA again. It's on the brew schedule now. But the the next whipped will be a uh, a sour raspberry smoothie. Oh, nice. So, looking forward to that. And that and that'll go out into your normal distribution, or will that same, be the same kind? So with with Stillwater, uh, we we get a little bit of it for Maryland distribution, and then the rest will go go into their distribution. Their distribution. Pad. Okay. But very very psyched to see that he was uh, he put that raspberry. That's uh, so anyone who really wants it should get to the brewery to have it. The brewery is always the best place. Yeah, you know, uh, not that these beers hang out at the brewery very long, but, uh, you know, we do re- we do a release for every beer we do. Um, you know, Saturdays, 12 to four at the brewery, we bring in a food truck and, uh, you know, we get good, good little crowd going on. What are, what are the normal operating hours of the brewery? Right now we just do uh, Friday four to eight. And then, uh, Saturdays we do, uh, 12 to four, 1130 to four, uh, depending on, uh, whether we bring in a band or not.
0: Curtis Ferguson's excited about the sour raspberry smoothie also. I'm sure he is. <laughs> uh, um, do you have anything else coming up that you want to talk about?
1: Um, you know, just, uh, we're, we're, we're looking forward to a great 2018. I feel like we, uh, really laid out, uh, over the past two years, a, a good solid lineup to, you know, really build, build, uh, a, a future on and, uh, Look forward to getting the beer in just more people's hands is really my goal for 2018.
0: Right, so what is the most ridiculous review that you've ever seen that Oliver Brewing Company has received?
1: The most ridiculous review is uh, probably somebody drinking a um, one of the nitro cans and uh, basically saying not understanding the nitro, you know, that it is not c- normal carbonation and... You know, just saying the beer flat. And when really, if you understand process and what the beer is, uh, you should, you know, enjoy the beer.
0: Yeah. I wanted to ask that earlier. Like, you had said you wanted to be like the Maryland Nitro beer. Like, how much of involved in that is education? Because I think, I mean, I guess short of Guinness and, I mean, left hand, uh, left hand. There, there's there's yeah. some
1: breweries out there. I mean Firestone just they're launching their uh, nitro nitro cans. Um, you know Breckenridge uh, nitro vanilla porter was a was a you know a glaring thing for me. Um, but one of the biggest breweries in the world Guinness does everything nitro. So yeah,
0: but it's still it's not. I I I, th- I would still imagine there's a large percentage of the drinking population that that doesn't understand what the difference between CO2 and nitrogen in a beer is.
1: For sure. Um, well, I mean, everybody's used to carbonation, soda, yeah. uh, Budweiser. You know, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's just a different technique to me. I, I'm a, I have roots of being a wine guy, so I really like the, the mouthfeel of a good nitro beer. Are there any upcoming festivals you'll be at? All, all of
0: them, <laughs> every all the festivals. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that I mean, you guys are a reliable
1: fixture at pretty much every festival uh, in Maryland. It's, it's tough. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't like to say no. Uh, I like to get my beer in front of people. But um, you know, things that I'm looking forward to, uh, we're, we're gonna work with uh, the National Cherry Blossom Festival this year. Uh, one of our best selling seasonals is our Cherry Blossom, uh, which is coming out in March. So, I'd like to, um, you know, get that on the can. And then uh, I'm the sponsor of all the fest downtown. Oh, so, cool. Uh, it's pretty neat.
0: What kind of beer is that? I don't think I've ever
1: seen it's that. It's a 5.5% wheat beer brewed with cherries. Okay. So, beer almost pours pink. Uh, we pulled off a really beautiful can. Uh has pink. That's it, yeah. Per- a perfect.
0: uh Tie-in with the cherry blossoms then.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I grew up in Montgomery County with cherry blossoms on my street. We made this cherry blossom beer, and uh, this will be the third year of us canning it, and it's done nothing but gain, gain traction. So, you know, in August when somebody asked me, where's your cherry blossom? I'm like, well, that was spring. Yeah. <laughs> when, when there were cherry blossoms out. So what is your favorite
0: non-Oliver Maryland beer? Oh, one of your favorites
1: um that's a tough question uh fav- I, I drink a lot of oliver beer uh, <laughs> for one it's always in my fridge uh you know i i've been i i, I like some of the things uh double duck pen from union I, i've always that's a
0: popular to, answer
1: uh always find to be a really solid go-to um you know i drink a lot of balls to the wall uh, you know I'm, I'm i'm also uh i got buddies that collect beers from other states uh we've been drinking drinking a lot of uh uh god i'd have to pull up on i'd have to pull up my phone to really see what i've drank but uh you know love love what uh the guys at RER are doing um you know got to pay respect to the big dog flying dog uh i i you know it, drink one of their beers every once in a while but uh a lot of oliver beer when you when you do beer every day like yeah. i do it's uh it's it's oliver brewing company
0: great well um is there anything else you want to cover you,
1: you know uh i think this is a neat experience uh really thank you guys for inviting us out uh, really look forward to who comes out to uh, the event at the roast house um you know, to, Sample these beers. I look forward to the re- reading the reviews, and uh, you know, uh, wish everybody a great 2018.
0: And everyone should come to the anniversary yep. party and on
1: Saturday. Uh, we we have a lot of things in store. Uh, you know, almost every other week our rock and roll series double IPA uh, next release is on the 27th. Um, we're going to Philly, part of a, a big Doom Fest. We're making a beer for them up there. Um, that's already gotten a lot of hype, so you know I'm looking forward to, you know, keeping my head down and uh, selling some beer this year. All right.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, for uh, me. thank you everyone for watching and listening. Cheers. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.